0: The gig pod.
1: For me it's difficult because if Chelsea aren't playing well or they need something to get someone to get them out of it I don't think they have it So I think they're in a difficult place
0: Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports In association with Cadbury A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support
2: Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of They are going to the World Cup Finals
0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. We have no Emma Byrne with us this week, but I am joined by Captain Karen Duggan, who has come fresh off another weekend of football action, and she is delighted. She is happy. She is ready to go for the podcast, aren't you, Karen?
2: (laughs) Yes, whatever you say. (laughs) I know. um, I am. I'm ready. I'm not overly happy about the WSL results, but I'm happy about the WNL results, so... I'll be half happy going into this pod.
0: Yeah you guys had a nice little 1-0 win uh, and also it's obviously the Koi Gig Derby is coming up this weekend.
2: It is, you keep it coming is.
0: down to Sligo whenever I'm not there and when I can't make it and it really
2: upsets me. Not I was going purpose, to come to it's not on purpose Kathleen, it's not on purpose I'm sorry. Um, um, and actually I was
0: going to be out west but I'm at a wedding so sadly I will not be
2: over. That sounds enjoyable especially if the weather's going to be like it was with the last week I mean up in the <laughs> mountains. I know the show, showgrounds is like one of the prettiest venues you can play in with the mountains overlooking it, but it also can be cold. So, yeah, it's to look very forward to. Ground. Yeah, but we got a nice, do you know what? We got a nice poxy win at the weekend. They don't yes, have I was going to
0: ask, how are you feeling after that? I would have thought you would have, there seemed to be a lot of relief around the P Mount camp. I feel like you guys would have expected a few more than just that one goal past DLR.
2: Yeah, and you know what, there were patches that we played really well and we hit the bar, I think, two or three times. But I actually think DLR played really well um defensively, particularly. Like they did frustrate us a lot. Um but we kept at it, which again was a positive sign. We're all about the positivity these days, Kathleen, you know. Um <laughs> know so, yeah, <laughs> really, really happy. Like like I said, it was a epoxy goal, but I think we probably deserved it based on how we played and how we kept at it. Um didn't give up, subs made a difference again. So Again, positive, 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 positive. Especially when everyone around us is still kind of winning. There hasn't been any shocks yet, so we didn't want to be the first.
0: Yeah, no. For anyone who missed the results over the weekend, Shelburne got a 2-0 win over Bowe's. Beam, as I said, beat DLR 1-0, Wexford. LIGO 3-1 Boo uh, Galway beat Cork 1-0 and then Shamrock Rovers got kind of the, the big win that I think a lot of people expected would come fairly early on for them uh, they beat Treaty United 6-0 so there was a lot of goals on that side I did quite enjoy Bose having the little Dublin bus no, to that, bring
2: out the ball it I mean, was yes. like when that thing, if that thing comes out when I'm playing, I don't know if I'll be able to handle it. It's I hilarious.
0: Imagine you just like booting it off the picture. I was
2: just like, no, I can't cope with it. <laughs> but fair play. I mean, Bose in terms of the way they promote things and even the, the way they've set up their dugouts with the bus stop and everything, like it is, it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, that, that little thing might be too much for me.
0: Oh, like it's all incredibly naff, but also so even bad. like... The big <laughs> European games or, like, the World Cup games that used to have, like, the little car, you know, the like the little yeah. Volvo one that drove out. And that, like, caught so many people's attention on social media. And even, like, people who may not have been that invested in football were like, look at the little gay car. It's great.
1: <laughs> so oh, I feel like I saw so many bus. people who
0: definitely don't follow the league being like, why is there a Dublin bus? Like, a mini Dublin why? bus. The bus? Why? And, why, why? and where can I get one? <laughs> oh, it was also no. funny because it was, like... Kind of a chaotic game as well at times. Um, So I think it just added to the general strangeness of the whole situation. Yeah. I can't wait to give you a first
2: hand account of how
0: (laughs) it works. I just can't wait to. I think I'd have to come and just see that match purely just to see your reaction (laughs) to the little bus more than actually wanting to see you play. I think it would be more entertaining in the long run. Great podcast follower as well, which is all that we ever really need. Um. You also you got yourself in a bit of trouble with the the Irish management over your column during the week, which, if anyone doesn't know, uh. Karen now also writes for the Irish Times because she is, you know, the forefront, the forefront voice and face of Irish football criticism at the moment. But uh yeah, your column was put to, and in fairness, the thing that got me about this, right? So you've said in your column, basically what we have said on the podcast yeah. multiple times over, it wasn't anything particularly new and uh Vera Powell was asked about it at a Sky event last week and She she did the classic beer thing where she started going like really deep into like breaking down tactics and like overly long explanation instead of just being a bit like, "Mm, I don't really care. You know, you know, she said that it was disappointing um, that, you know, she doesn't agree with when you said that Denise and Katie being too far away from each other. And then she basically explained football to a crowd of people who already understand football. I don't know if that's what you took from it either. (laughs)
2: Uh, yeah look I mean I thought it was interesting that fact that she had even read it um and cared to be honest the podcast but that's fine (laughs) yeah I mean really go to your first-hand information here um yeah I thought it was interesting that she read it first of all because I know she's been other articles or things that have come out that she hasn't read but I it wasn't a criticism of Vera I mean Vera is the manager that has gotten us to a world cup and I think that that's phenomenal like no matter what way you look at it I'm just saying that we have a group of players now that I think we can get even more out of which is a positive thing I would say so in terms of I it's not a criticism it's a challenge it's a challenge to say look at what we've done but isn't it a good thing that we're kind of saying oh there's more there's more to to this and I don't you didn't reference the thing that probably would have like stuck out which is the bringing in foreign based players like that wasn't referenced it was literally just this tiny tactical element and like you say it's up to Vera to put out the team the way that she sees fit and she's going to do that no matter what so I didn't really think there was a need to go into the depths that she went to to defend it but um, again I did an article she responded it's it's part of the game I guess but um, yeah I didn't mind it either way
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's also like, as you say, I suppose it's good to know that she is reading and she is interested in these things. And like you said, that's what I found strange is that you were just kind of saying, why don't we try
2: this? Or like, why, why are we sticking with this when we do? Have yeah, I don't know what was disappointing about it. It's, it's analysis of it's a, it yeah. Might, and even, at the end of the day, it, it shouldn't impact in any way. But I do think that like it's good to have different options and there's certainly different ways that we can play. And that was just pointing those out.
0: Yeah. And I was just, as you say, the phrasing was strange. Like it's disappointing to hear that from a retired player. Like of all people, you're probably one of the ones that are like, is most entitled to have an opinion because you've actually been in the setup and like you've played international football and you still play football. Whereas like, I don't know if I have an opinion. Yes, I can do it as someone who like watches a lot of football and has followed the team for a long time, but also like you, you are literally the expert. So it just was very strange to me that she took quite such a, such ire at what you'd said. But I suppose that also shows as a journalist and pundit that you're doing your job quite well.
2: So I don't know. I didn't like, again, I didn't write it with that in mind again. It was just a kind of can we challenge ourselves thing because the five at the back and the the low block, that was something that was there, like you say, when I was playing, but in every other facet of, the girls in the group and how professional it's gone and how every camp we hear they're improving they're improving they're improving right let's challenge ourselves to do something a little bit different to what we know we've been able to do since maybe 2017 2018 and it's been brilliant yeah. and it's been effective and it's got us to, to a World Cup I'm not saying go away from it I'm just saying can we place the exact same players in the team in a way that we can retain possession a little bit more mm. small yeah
0: Well, I look forward to the Suits column and uh, Vera's response to that as well.
2: (laughs) No column this week, actually. No column. I needed a break. (laughs) Not used to the attention.
0: You just started as like a weekly segment, Karen versus Vera. Oh, thank you. (laughs) The stardom has got too much for you already. (laughs) Um and then we also were waiting for further updates on it but just if anyone missed it over the weekend Rucha Little John had a fairly serious gash to her knee um which looked quite deep so hopefully that doesn't keep her out for too long but it looked like she had to have a fair bit of medical treatment on it she was in the hospital um and got out well, I don't know. I don't know if she got out but she came the other side of any treatment today so Vera and the rest of us will all be watching on hoping that that's not too serious and doesn't keep her out for
2: yeah, around. she's been really unfortunate with injuries in the last year or so and she's definitely someone that we want to keep fit because I think she's a really good option in the center for games where you will want to keep the ball and things like that. Particularly I'd be looking at the Nigeria game. I think she'd do a really good job in that. So hopefully this is just like a superficial, but I guess we'll wait to to hear the prognosis.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if the picture is still up on our Instagram story. I presume it's probably gone by now, but uh it was it was fairly grim. Not the sort of one that you want to look at over your cornflakes in the morning. Um, Coming up next, we have Emma Carroll with her Team of the Week. And then later on in the show, we will be doing our classic WSL analysis after what was a very entertaining weekend. Uh, The Koya Gig Podcast on O2B Sports is brought to you by Cabri FC, official stack partner to the Republic of Ireland Women's National Team. We are joined by Emma Carroll with her team of the week, which I heard earlier today there was a little bit of trouble with some uh, positioning of players. So I'm eager to hear what you have in store for us, Emma.
1: Yeah, you could say that. I got creative. Um, I'll go through the team first. Uh, it's kind of a 3-4-3, three, three, which could be a 2-5-3, the way <laughs> players played this weekend. Um, I went lights kick in goal. Buchanan, Williamson, and Koya Visto at the back. McCabe, Valti, Cairns and Ford in the midfield, and then Stengel, Kerr, and Shaw up front. So it's a uh, quite an attacking team.
0: It's a little bit attacking. Nothing. I mean, even Leah Williamson technically was yeah. in midfield. Obviously,
2: we'll call that out straight away. Like the whole yeah. commentary was about the fact that she was covering in midfield
1: and you've still <laughs> longed her centre back, but that's fine. I I I was like, we're well, like put McCabe back as well, and we're like. Just make it a little bit more of a normal-looking team, but um, yeah, Williamson was brilliant in midfield. Um, but I also thought McCabe and Ford were excellent for Arsenal and Vaulty as well.
2: Yeah, wanted and to Manon get them all in there. We could have gone in there as well, to be fair. But
1: <laughs> a lot to do with I how thought, good
2: Arsenal were, but also a lot to go do with how unimpressive Reading were.
1: Yeah, not you are they're struggling. Like let's be honest. Um, um and then yeah, Liverpool had a really good performance as well. So I thought Missy Bocairns was excellent. So I wanted her to go in there. And then Katie Stengel held the line, probably should have scored in the dying minutes yeah, as she, well to really. definitely bury should the game. have, but
2: I was impressed with how she carried the ball and took took the game to Spurs as well. So yeah, it's good to see Liverpool getting kind of just rewards for their efforts. Um Kerr, I mean that was <sighs>
1: And I haven't I even put Lauren James the in there difference.
2: either for the past. Yeah, but to be fair, I, I don't mind you not having more attacking Chelsea players in because I, they didn't dominate possession, really. Like it, I think it speaks volumes that you've put Buchanan in as opposed to an, another attacker from Chelsea.
1: Yeah, I thought she contained Russo, I think, of the battle between the two it of them. I think was, she came again, on top.
2: Reckless, probably. Okay. Should
1: have given
2: a penalty away.
0: Still she's not. done that a couple of times as well In recent games I don't know I expected a lot more from her When she came to the WSL yeah. Like she's such a good player But it just feels like She hasn't been able to I'm, it Yeah
2: I'm still not overly convinced Um, But yeah she did a good job I mean her, between herself and Millie Bright They handled Russo pretty well I thought they were um Aggressive in the challenge I thought she was probably unlucky That a few of the times They came through the back of her enough to get a couple freeze. But again that's probably my my bias kicking in a little bit there. Um but yeah, kind of agree with a lot of it, although again, sometimes I enjoy watching Aston Villa and I thought Kirsi Hansen, she was mm. she's very good. Um two assists. I had her down as one of the players that I would possibly yeah. add in. Yeah, so two assists and again from two two good goals as well. Um but yeah, I mean you can't really Fault the the midfield. Katie won herself a nice little pen again. It's going to become a weekly thing, is it? She's getting good at
1: that, isn't she? Yeah. I think she just needs to pull back a little bit because you know we don't want to highlight it too much for the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She can be That's quite enough. clever. <laughs> yeah. Well done. It works. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pull, pull off. yeah. <laughs> Please don't do it anymore.
2: Thank you. Hold <laughs> off. Yeah. Also, yeah. think it's worth mentioning um, your goalkeeper because. She's been very good, um, Leedsig from Leicester. I mean, they're they got a point. They're still bottom of the table, but again, encouraging signs when you look at the teams above them. I'm just trying to look at the table here now. Yeah, so,
1: very important point. And they play Spurs tomorrow night. Two, so, yeah, two points two. between them and
2: Spurs. Spurs haven't won in off. Oh, well, they've lost the last five on the trot. Anyway, Reading again not looking hugely impressive. They've 10 points, but Leicester have a game on hand in them. So they're definitely going to be dragged back into that battle. And if Lidzic keeps playing the way she's playing, they pick up just one point here and there. It actually could make such a difference.
0: Speaking of Leicester, another player I thought that was quite good was Ruby Mace. Just in terms of like running that midfield, I think I saw staff that she won the ball back twenty four times between like tackles, interceptions, random recoveries during the game. Um, that's huge. Um, you.
2: That's huge. Yeah. Of- and like
0: for such a young player as well, I think like she's really come on the last couple of games. Especially, I think like with uh, whatever this resurgence is that Leicester are having, she's definitely been one
1: of the players has quite been quite impressive.
0: She's unknown there from the
1: city, is she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a good player, and um, yeah, and Everton were piling on the pressure in the last yeah, few minutes Everton, as well, and Leipzig made some really important saves.
2: Yeah, Everton are much improved from last year, so that's a really, really good point for Leicester. I think mm. really, really good. So well, yeah, especially that's, when you consider that they're running up games coming up. Yeah, I think Liverpool will be fine. I think, but Reading, Tottenham, Brighton, and Leicester. Very, very close to call. I thought at the start of the season or at the beginning that Leicester were down and out, but the other teams just haven't in any way kicked on. No, the
0: Leicester's thing Spartan. is, if Leicester get a few scrapes like that game against Everton, managed to build up a few points, like if they beat Spurs tomorrow, so tomorrow or Wednesday they're playing, then mm. like that's going to be massive for the relegation.
2: Yeah, we yeah. need to talk about Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know we'll
1: what's <laughs> Yeah, they don't look yeah.
2: like the team they were last year at all
1: at all I think it's could, could be worth mentioning all our goalkeepers as well three of them they played, played and yeah. started and Megan won. Walsh was probably in with a shout until the last minute winner by Shaw as well so Shaw had a really good game and a cut of it so close to being an important point for Brighton as well it was really good Brosnan kept a clean sheet but again that was against Leicester who attacking wise they're not they're not really there Maloney conceded four, but still made some really important saves and could have saved very the penalty as well I got a hand to it so like good uh, to see them all starting anyway as long as they're playing
2: I mean that's we haven't been able to say that for a while so very very good to see
0: Mm. well Emma thank you very much for joining us um, we look forward to the next uh, slightly changed edition of Team of the Week where you just
1: make up your own formation, maybe we should get you to write a column and yeah, see you, what yeah. It, I'm going to send this new formation it. to Virgo and see what she thinks yeah, yeah.
2: I'm sure she'd yeah. love a two-five-four formation yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> take some of the heat off Karen <laughs>
2: please
0: uh, <laughs> thanks Emma <laughs> cheers <laughs> So now we turn our attention to the actual games, and it was a pretty big weekend in terms of movers and shakers in the league. Uh, but I feel like there's only one real place to start, and that is Chelsea one United nil. And um, Karen, happy. I can see by your face already for anyone who was listening to us on podcasts, Karen is grimacing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm grimacing because it was such an opportunity for United. It's probably the best I've seen them play against Chelsea. Um, Possession wise, I thought they were good. I thought they were better in the middle of the park, but they didn't have the cutting edge and they don't have Sam Kerr. So that's like, in terms of shots, I think they were pretty even, but possession, it was mostly Man United, but it just goes to show that how efficient Chelsea are when they do get the chances. Um, yeah just disappointing day for man united and i i think they can feel a little bit aggrieved i don't know what your take on it was in terms of the two penalties oh. for me they were both penalties so yeah. um i think mark skinner probably i could see some of his live reactions and they were yeah. really really entertaining by the end he, some of them he was just laughing at cuz he was just like this is ridiculous yeah Yeah.
0: oh no I thought they were absolutely penalties and also I think he was very right in his comments after the game and it's something that we keep getting from managers you know Emma Hayes has talked about Jonas Idleval this season as well that like he's not necessarily calling out the referee. He's like, we need to have better training in place for referees. So stuff like this doesn't happen.
2: Um, I and mean, both of them were right in front of the lines person as well. And it didn't feel like the referee's view was overly obstructed. Now I'm uh, not someone who loves penalties being given for minimal contact, but mm-hmm whatever about the, the one in the air, you're kind of like, oh, ambiguous. Did she have control of the ball? But Nikita Paris was running through. Maybe Millie Bright would have come across and and cleared it. But Buchanan took took the legs anywhere else on the pitch. She's given so,
0: And it's also the fact it's something we've seen Buchanan do a couple of times this season and she's kind I of got, see- oh, yeah. And she gets away with it a lot of the time. And I feel like if you're a referee, you know, you're watching a player for that sort of thing. And the fact that she's just continually being allowed to do it, says a lot about the state of the refereeing in the game. Um, I mean, I actually, I wanted United to win this game. (laughs) I'm very ready for the Chelsea dominance over the WSL to end, but it's like you say, they just, they had those moments of brilliance. I mean, the Lauren James pass for the Sam Kerr goal, part of me felt like the United defence should have done a little bit better because her first touch was a tiny bit beyond her. And I feel like, Mary Earps was kind of half
2: in yeah I think about a, where she was going I think Earps made Kerr's mind up for her the fact that she kind of half came the, the only place that Kerr could have put it was over her head Um, and Letizia was putting enough pressure on her that maybe if Earps had stayed on her line but again it's easier said than done and also Earps had made a great save from yeah. Kerr just before that so like I say Chelsea probably they look like scoring more than Man United because They are more clinical, probably, in the box. Um, Kerr missed another chance on the far right post. Um, And I can't remember too many clear-cut United chances, a couple of snatches from Russo, but really good possession, but cutting edge wasn't the same.
0: Like I think United had something like just over 60% possession for most of the game, and Chelsea had six attempts, they had five, and they both had three on target. So, like...
2: Away from home, like that's that's a good performance from Man United. It's just a pity that maybe if one of the penalties had been given they might have kicked on, but they just couldn't break down Chelsea then and I thought oh Chelsea centre backs right and Buchanan were solid. Solid. Mm.
0: And probably not the time Chelsea, or United would have wanted to face Chelsea, you know, after that Conti Cup final defeat, I mean, Emma Hayes was fairly shook after the whole thing, and yeah. you could see the whole team were not impressed at the least. I was reading an interesting, I think it was Susie Rack in The Guardian, and she was talking about the whole the, I think it was a preview to the match, and she was talking about Chelsea's back line and what do they do now? Because obviously there's a lot of rumours that Pernilla Harder and Magda Eriksson are going to head off to Europe during the summer. It's like Barcelona, Lyon, PSG, loads of clubs being linked with them. And then you have the issue of like Kadisha Buchanan who is, as we've said, she's a bit clumsy. She hasn't really adjusted to the league. She was supposed to kind of be their big stellar signing and hasn't really lived up to it. If you're Emma Hayes and there's these important games coming up, do you stick with Buchanan and take the risk of her keep messing up and like keep acclimatizing to her to the league in the hope that next season she's a bit more adjusted or do you stick with Erickson and knowing that she might be gone in the summer and then you also haven't given Buchanan the number or the minutes?
2: Oh, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I'd probably stick with Buchanan. Um I mean, Ericsson probably is gone. And is she the dominant force that she was? Um, I'm, I don't know. Um, It sounds like they're going. So I think if Chelsea in the next couple of games just continue the form that they're in and they win them, there's no, I don't think there'll be a risk. Um, I think they showed yesterday that up against a lot of pressure, they can handle it. That someone just needs to pull her aside and say, like stand off your player a little bit more stop giving away penalties Um, because she has all the attributes and she can bring like physicality and she's young and she can run um, which is what is needed I think in partnership with Millie Bright I also thought Carter had a really good game yesterday but yeah I think I'd stick with Buchanan so Karen,
0: you mentioned during the team of the week that this is something you wanted to talk about. Liverpool 2, Tottenham 1. And all of a sudden, Tottenham are relegation contenders. Uh, they have that big game this week against Leicester and you kind of feel a bit like Birmingham last, Leicester last season. You know, whoever gets the points in those sort of scraps are the ones that are probably going to stay up.
2: Yeah, and I just feel like it shouldn't be the case. Um, they've got a top quality Striker, um Ayane. she's a good player as well. We obviously speak about Neville a good bit and her attributes, but it took them too long to start playing against Liverpool. I felt like they really let Liverpool grow into the game and Liverpool were passing it around with ease through the middle, which is not something we've kind of said about them throughout the year. We kind of said they can, maybe they're missing a little bit something in the middle, but there was so much space in front of the back four for um Stengel to come in and receive the ball. And she was causing them all sorts of problems. And she was allowed to dribble across the box too often. And it was like Spurs only started playing towards the end of the first half and a little bit into the second half. And they're not brilliant at creating that many chances, but they started getting a bit a little bit nice is what I would say. Because I thought last season they were really not nice. They're like that scrappy and they were able to mm. dig out points against bigger teams maybe. And this was a really important game for them because they've allowed themselves to be dragged into a relegation battle by a team that we all thought would be in a relegation battle. And I just thought it was a really poor showing from them. Um, I mean, Rachel Laws had to make a good save from England, um, but that was really the only bright spark that I saw. Anyway, I watched it just through highlights, but... Yeah, I just, and single could have had another one, but she could have wrapped it up, like could have been three, four for Liverpool. Um, mm. so I don't know. I don't know what to say, but it's fair. They just, I just feel like it shouldn't be happening.
0: They just seem like a team who's always found it really hard to gel. And I know there's been a couple of seasons where they've started brightly and then tapered off, but this just feels like something completely different. I mean, this is their ninth defeat in a row, which is mad. Like that's Shocking. a brutal run of form. And they haven't won since they beat Brighton 8-0 in October. And to think that that was like the last time they beat a team. And I'm pretty sure that was, they scored more goals in that match than they'd already scored in the league before that. So they just seem to be very chaotic. And they're like, I quite like Rianne Skinner as a coach in general, but it just, I don't know. You just have to wonder how she's holding on there because something needs to change and it feels like a mixture of players being played in strange positions. You know, like someone like Ashley Neville, who was absolutely balling at the start of the season and, and then has like, was moved around the pitch and just hasn't really been the same since, you know, they have so much potential in that squad, but for whatever reason, it's just not being tapped into like even Missy Bo Kearns goal. I was watching that and, the Tottenham defence just like everyone just stood off her it was like no one wanted six to go near
2: her I counted it they would six players in the box and Liverpool walked through if there's six players in the box everyone has a player you can be touch tight and still have cover and they just let it, let them walk through you're right it was I feel like there's there's an edge that's missing to them and yeah you, you do kind of look at the manager in these situations when you're on a run of form that it is as bad as this and I wouldn't like to see them go down the road of what we saw at Everton and there being good turnovers because I think consistency is good but we expected Tottenham to kick on this year and the opposite has kind of happened whereas Everton were kind of chaotic because they brought in so many new people last year but you can kind of see them building a little bit more this year and it feels the opposite especially when they brought in someone like England and paid big money for her you think okay this is a project now there's there's room to build something here and it just hasn't materialised yet and i I don't know what it is. I don't know what's missing. It looks like the scrappiness has gone from them and maybe they just need to get back to basics on that.
0: But also, like you brought up the England thing there, it would be mental if they, you know, had the English record fee for a player within the WSL and then got relegated. Like, where does that leave her? Where does that leave the team? You don't throw out that sort of money in a WSL club unless you're fairly convinced you're going to be... I mean, like, I mean even the fact they were paying that money and they're not even within like a glance of the Champions League spots. It's just, yeah. And like, it's just it, it's that's
2: <laughs> the only <laughs> word that you talk about. It. The likes of England and Iwabuchi didn't go there to be where they are in the table. Like there, there had to have been ambition on their part. So it is about gelling the team together and it's not worked. So I mean, that's a dressing room job because the talent, like those two alone, can win your matches, but nine games, like you said. It's yeah, oh, it's, it's insane.
0: Like, they've three wins from 14 fixtures, and there's like eight games oh, left. God. I mean, that's, it's not good for them. Uh, but also, down the other end of the table, team, we've mentioned a bit there in the conversation Everton nil, Leicester nil. This is Everton's longest um, run without a goal in the league since 2018, when they went five games without scoring a goal. Uh they haven't scored in six of their fourteen fixtures. I don't know a bit like you were saying with this Everton team, they're definitely growing into something and maybe it is they just need a bit of experience or someone who can be that, you know, experienced shot taker up front. But they can do with England yeah <laughs> like
2: a little swapsy there
0: take her happily as well
2: I mean, i'm not saying i'm not saying everything have been brilliant this season but we saw them last season they were just so okay like you just didn't know what you're going to get from week to week whereas i think they're a little bit more consistent in how they approach games now and they have a bit more of a game plan and they've got some good players as well um but again struggling to score goals and that's really the difference between the the middle few teams there, we see Everton, West Ham, Liverpool. And then you go up the table and you're seeing, okay, Villa are ahead of these now because they're scoring in every game. Because they've got two or three players mm. who are very capable of putting the ball in the back of the net in terms of Daly, Daly. And we saw Nobbs joining in yesterday. So, and um, that's what Everton needs in order to break that duck. But fair play to Leicester as well. They've got a bit of grit about them. Um, and of the bottom four teams, they've got the best record over the last five or six weeks. So, doesn't say much for the others because they're still rooted on seven points after 14 games. But (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it does make for interesting watching for the final few weeks because uh, we did say a couple of times that we thought Leicester were down and out and there wasn't really going to be any competition for that relegation They should be. be
2: down and out, but when you look at the teams that are above them, those three teams that are above them, Brighton, Spurs and Reading should be putting more points on the board, but
0: I would almost feel for them if they did go down now, yeah. just consider it like if they kept up the run of form that they're on at the moment, just because I feel like of all the teams, they are on that upward trajectory and they clearly have put in quite a lot of work to get there, whereas, I don't know, a team like Spurs, it just seems a little bit more deserving at this stage. Um, we have Man City 2, Brighton 1. Brighton in a state of disarray once again after we finished recording last week. It was announced that Yan Schwer was gone as their coach and Amy Merricks was coming in as interim manager for a second time. They had two goals disallowed in this game uh, and then obviously they had, Man City were very fortunate to have the incredible Bunny Shaw, the league's top scorer, uh, City's top scorer in a single season now as well and there still is those eight games left to go. I
2: Maybe, love her. I think. I love her. She's unbelievable. Yeah. I loved her interview after. I love everything about her. I'd hate to mark her. Um, I just love it after every game. It's just like Bunny Shaw scores goals and that's all you need to know. But yeah. as much as I love her, I also am so disappointed because I think City are going to take the, the last Champions League spot. I think it's going to, I think that loss to Chelsea could be the beginning of United. Ooh, do you think a- it's going to be a bit of a demise? Not a demise. Like I, don't, I just think that the other three teams are you can i feel like you're not going to write off arsenal like I, like you speak to emma Emma's still convinced that they are the best team in the league and they should be winning the league i'm not going to argue with emma Byrne, even when she's not here um yeah i was
0: going to say I'm like every time yeah, she
2: brings this up i like would never argue with her it doesn't matter but city's uniform <laughs> form is the probably the best of anyone's in in the, at the league at the moment and they've got the most in- striker in team games so Yeah, they have the most informed striker in the league. Um, I love Hasegawa as well. And I feel like her link-up play with Shaw, I don't know, was the first goal, was it a shot or was it just an unbelievable pass into Bunny Shaw's path? I think it was probably a shot, but I'm going to say if it was a pass, it was spectacular.
0: The way the two of them were linking up was actually just such a pleasure to watch. It was like, yeah. there was one point where Bunny Shaw like, backheeled the ball to her and she didn't even like turn around. It was just like she knew the space Hasegawa was running into and she was right there for it. And even like, Bunny Shaw, there was one stage, they didn't get a goal from it, but they got a shot off and one stage she was over on the right hand side and then the next minute she was over on the left hand side and then she passed the ball into the middle and then all of a sudden she was back in the middle of everything again and I was like this gal is literally everywhere so it's not just the fact that she is the top scorer in the league and is an amazing striker she's also just like an absolute worker on the pitch and she just comes
2: alive she comes alive in the box so it's it's proper strikers instinct um that just is so hard to come by um and yeah she's she's firing off cylinders. So like I, you don't see Chelsea slipping up at this point. I think Man City are going to continue to improve. Like yesterday could have been a banana skin for them. I know it was only 2-1, but I felt like they were going to score. If they needed to score more, they could have. I thought that Walsh pulled off a couple of very good saves. I think one was from Kelly, really good. And Shaw had a couple maybe straight at her, but they still had to be saved. So... I mean It'll
0: be interesting for City They're run on the 26th of March they're playing Chelsea and then the 2nd of April they're playing Arsenal so that's a relatively tough run for them and then Arsenal are playing United the week after they play City so actually both sides Yeah I mean that week. that week's probably gonna
2: that week is probably gonna decide it
0: Um, and then you also have United City Manchester Derby on the second last day of the season so that's probably the one that's gonna Go along
2: long it's way. So to it's so thing it, It's very hard to call. It's just that because City are on such a run of form, I just see them getting a Champions League space. So I'd love yeah. it. Like realistically, if this table stayed the way it is, I'd be happy. I know you wouldn't be happy because Arsenal are currently sitting in fourth, but they have a game. Which in sure it's
0: it. fine because we're going to win the Champions League anyways. All right. <laughs>
2: but that works out for everyone let's just go with that everyone should have an agreement that's what happens
0: (laughs) Um, speaking of Arsenal winning the Champions League Champions League is back next week for the um, WSL teams but Arsenal 4 Reading 0 pretty comprehensive performance by Arsenal Leah Williamson playing in midfield. Aderbal said it was definitely her best match I have ever seen her play. There, she was very, very good. And it caps off like a relatively successful eight-day stretch. They've played three times. They've only conceded one goal. Scored nine. So, I think that Conti Cup final was definitely the lift this team needed. Um, and I also think the fact that Jonas Aderbal has gone back to playing Black Stenius in the role that she was playing before with Midemah has massively helped
1: <laughs> yeah
2: and like she still missed a couple of chances but she's getting in the position so again like you'd hope that the more that she's getting in those positions that they'll start to come off and she can be that player that they need her to be in there um, she's making great runs like you say she's making great runs and Arsenal have the people in midfield even Williamson coming in but little they're able to pick out those runs and get her in behind and when you've got Ford and Manham, the third man runs that they make are so hard to mark. Um, and Reading couldn't stop them. They were nowhere near them. Um, horrible conditions again for a game, but yeah, Arsenal were impressive. Reading were not.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much it actually says into Arsenal's form apart from the fact that it
2: was just nice seeing no, players. Uh, three games Four in the way. Yeah. Three games in a week to have an easy game like that. It's it's nice to just get it done. It was one of those ones they just need yeah. to get done.
0: And then finally, West Ham won, Aston Villa two, uh Bella, incredibly clinical. They had two shots on target, and two goals, and that's all they needed. Um, but yeah, then they continued their unbeaten in the league in twenty twenty-three. So as we were saying earlier, they bought well during the transfer window, and
2: there. I mean, Daly's Daly strike was the goal of the weekend, really. Um, but it was West Ham's fault; they played themselves into trouble unnecessarily. And she didn't need a second side goal. Snapshot, absolutely pinged it in, and again, a really well worked goal for Jordan Nobbs's goal. Um, her making that third man run into the box, getting on the end of it. Um, really good West Ham. They kept pushing, but I think Villa mm. have. Just that a little bit. They just had. Oh, I was
0: gonna say, yeah, that little bit of quality that just kind of took them. I'm interested to see. I really think that if that Villa team, like the summer, maybe add one or two more players, and they could really be interesting next season in terms of pushing top three or four teams.
2: Totally agree, and that's why I really want Man United to get Champions League so that <laughs> they don't lose players, and then Villa, yeah. who are obviously building something, will be a really attractive club for people as well. So. Um, yeah nervous times
0: (laughs) uh well karen thank you very much for all your excellent analysis and we shall be back with our full cohort the next podcast um it's fa cup this weekend there's no wsl so we'll bring a treat to your ears either way the Koigig pod on otb sports in association with cadbury
1: a player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support